Hello and welcome to the Empathy for Breakfast show. I am Mimi Nicklin and I am your host of a show that travels the world, talking to people from all corners of our planet about empathy, about our ability to connect and to understand each other and how that is changing our world. These conversations won't only unpack the amazing power of empathy in our societies and our businesses, but they will remind us that we are all far more alike than we are different. I believe that there has never been a better time to talk about empathy, to talk about our need to reconnect as people, as human beings. The more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. So let's get talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Empathy for Breakfast show. I couldn't be more happy that you are here with us today. Today, my guest is Emma Burdett. She's the founder of WILD, which stands for Women in Leadership Deliver, which, of course, I absolutely concur with. Emma's extremely ambitiously following a journey to help women create a wildly successful and meaningful life. And she's incredibly passionate and knowledgeable about gender in our workplaces and how we balance equality and equity and all things female in the world. So, Emma, welcome to breakfast. Yeah, thank you. It's my absolute honor to uh, to be here. I uh, I love working with people that share the mission. And, um, you know, I love the work that you're doing. I know that we've been speaking for a couple of months and you've supported me with a, another wild talk. So thank you for having me. You are so welcome to be here. And you're right. We've had a couple of months to warm up to this conversation. So let's kick off with my million dollar question, which is for you, Emma, what does empathy really mean? Um, empathy for me is really about putting yourself in someone else's shoes and really understanding what their wants and what their needs but then you and I have also spoken about self-empathy which is something that I work with women which I think we can often get so um, caught up in life living life on repeat, stressed out, worn out, burnt out. Um, And we have little time for us. And I think we need to understand that, you know, our our own cup must be full before we're able to support anyone else. So for me, obviously, empathy is the understanding of, but importantly, um, how to love and take care of your number one, which is you. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. We've spoken so much about this idea of self-empathy being the core of of all empathy. And of course, you're running a women's networking organization, as I mentioned in the intro there called Wild, which I think has just, you know, has a basis in so many of those principles. How do you understand you? How do you connect with other women? How do we support each other? And I would love for you to share with the audience your story as a woman and your own self-empathy story, because I've heard it and I just loved it from the minute I did. Tell us all about why you started Wild and and what your journey was to this sort of self-discovery. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, a couple of things, um, you know, wild is geared toward the bigger picture of gender balance. So we know that we've got, you know, a global issue with not many women in leadership roles. We know that when we have gender equality, that it leads to great benefits from an economic standpoint, i.e. greater corporate returns, but also a socio-social economic standpoint as well. So um, a few things. One, I obviously British, 
lived in London for years, selling real estate software. And uh, the market is very male heavy. And I was thrown out of uh, a huge corporation for being just a girl. And I remember uh, that the business was probably quite similar to a T-Com or a Dubai Holdings or an Imar. And I remember being in my early 20s and sort of standing there, London, crying my eyes out. And, you know, feeling discrimination, actually just for, for being a girl. And I don't think people realise the impact that situations have when you're, you don't have to be a woman, but a young individual trying to cut their cloth, trying to make their mark. And that really, really dented me and really hurt my confidence. And I made it my pledge to actually make sure that that would never happen again and that, you know, I would go on to support women. So that was kind of the the initial background for the passion. And um, going on to the, the wild journey, which, you know, I love to tell as a keynote, so it gets all theatrical, so I struggle with sitting down. But um, so uh, a few years ago, I uh, set up a women's group for a big corporate they'd asked me to do it this is kind of four or five years ago before gender balance was as prevalent and as big as now and it was four women in a sheet of paper and it went on to be about 15 of us ladies from real estate and construction sectors so Jones and Russell, uh, Mashrat Bank, Ericsson Microsoft some really great women, you know, and we did super cool stuff. We got involved with the local university and, you know, my idea and vision was to give back. How can I serve um, and how can I empower, you know, younger females? And it all sort of went a bit wrong, really, because it got this um, sort of uh, recognition overnight. And um, my sort of boss and co-worker got a bit disgruntled and I subsequently encountered significant workplace challenges which were bullying being bullied and ultimately lost my job so this is why now I'm really able to empathize and help other women you find a lot of people have had bullying harassment and challenges in the workplace and don't speak up so that set me on a massive journey of self-discovery and you know um, I'm very open about it because it's the truth I think we need to have a voice and I honestly hope that my story in inspires other women to find and use that voice and I you know I had mental health issues I, I faced anxiety my confidence was completely shattered and you know I wasn't in a good way at all and I took myself off to Thailand it was like eat pray love um, <laughs> I love that I've been having this spiritual healing um, from a lady in the UK and you know whether you believe in this or not it's kind of a story but um, she had said to me look for the butterfly it speaks of change and joy and I remember feeling so lost and scared and vulnerable and I'd not worked for six months and I'd been burning into cash but I knew I'd done something great with this first women's group and I got up one morning and I had a complete utter meltdown and I hit my knees and I prayed for a miracle now I really believe Mimi that 
you need faith. Now, whether that's a religious capacity, a spiritual capacity, I think you need to have faith because that's actually the only thing that kept me going. Lo and behold, I prayed for a miracle and it really was my rock bottom. And I talk a lot about this, about how your rock bottom moment can actually lead into something absolutely amazing. And, you know, I, I kind of not welcome a bottom, but I think out of bad situations, you can really find find good. So I then went outside and down to the breakfast hall and there were tons of butterflies everywhere. I now am obsessed with them. I see them everywhere. But they were all around my arms. And I remember just stood there thinking, oh my goodness, you know, is this the change? Is this the joy? And I went down to the breakfast hall and there were just, you know, some random magazines and I opened one and there was a massive article about gender balance and this uh, this uh, statement said if you have a platform to be able to make a difference you should use it and I was like that's it I'm going to go back to Dubai I'm going to build this women's platform for me by me you know wild is about being wild so um you know it's about fun authenticity creativity freedom and voice and we know this but um i was fed up of going to events in dubai that were sterile and contrived and i wanted to create something authentic so the very first event july 2018 we had um 150 women and i remember standing there thinking, gulp, (laughs) now I've got to deliver to these women. But, you know, we've gone on to do some incredible work. um, And what I'm proud of most is the impact it's making, contributing to the gender uh, balance issue, and women feeling motivated and inspired. Bravo. Uh, I just, as I said, I've heard your butterfly story before. I could hear it every day. I just love it. I couldn't agree more with your thought there around, you know, from rock bottom or from tension or from turmoil comes beautiful transformation and creativity. And indeed, one of my other shows was with a lady talking about uh, empathy and creativity and, and how we can find our most creative selves in those points of tension, which clearly you did because your butterfly literally came out of the cocoon. You came back here and you've now established this amazing network of women, you know, for women. And I think there couldn't be a better time, right? Especially as we come out of COVID. There's all of this data out there, particularly from uh, McKinsey, I was reading just recently, uh, how women have had far more negative impact from the COVID-19 economic impact on them than than men. What what do you think? Do you think the pandemic is going to have a long-term impact on women's roles? And and if so, in which areas? I think the pandemic's obviously affected everybody and all of us. And I'm quite frankly, quite bored of it. And I, I'm, I've been trying to organise a, a live wild event since September. Um, I've had to cancel things. I like to focus on the positives and what we can do to make a difference. So um, in terms of women and roles, um, we are faced with the situation. Um, and I think it's just a case of, you know, I, I really believe that the second part of this year, when people have started to get the vaccines, that things will open up more and more. But the, the other thing that I'd like to highlight is that um, you know we had this fabulous uh, Women's Day and the, the Choose to Challenge and we saw record numbers of businesses supporting this uh, initiative and it really annoys me and I'm going to be a little bit controversial because you're- we love controversial Emma go for it be controversial 
So two things, you know, diversity is not a trend. It's not something that is a PR stunt that all these great corporates can get everyone together and do the sign. And then the very same business, the next week will be holding an all-male panel group. You know, diversity isn't a trend and you have to live and breathe the culture. It's not a PR stunt, okay? So don't then be throwing up panels or manals, as they're now called, or men and two you know unfortunately I think in some instances women don't support other women and that makes me really sad actually because you know if we are ever to tackle gender imbalance we have to get this piece right you know I see too much jealousy and judgment and competition and whether that's because there are less positions in the boardroom um, I'm not sure but I, I really believe in solidarity and I really believe in coming together to support one another. And I think those two things there are fundamental for women, be it COVID or not. Mm, I couldn't agree more with, you know, with your point about consistency and, you know, International Women's Day can never just be a, you know, a, a marker of something. I think, you know, people have jumped on these bandwagons of these days. I mean, even Mother's Day, which is coming up here in this region. And uh, yesterday, I was thrilled to receive a coupon in my email inbox that said this Mother's Day have 25% off your dry cleaning. And both me and my young, my young member of my team, who is only 21, uh, WhatsApped it to me, we both got it and said, is it just me? Or is this totally wrong? You know, in 2021, to be suggesting that because we're mums, we're a motivated by and be responsible for the, the laundry is just a, a really poor execution of owning a day like Mother's Day, which is actually about a really important landmark day for women in the year, whether, whether you support it or not, being a mother, or being a professional woman, whatever you're talking about, um, is worth far more than these sort of commercialized offers. And, and I couldn't agree with you more that that is about far more than a trend or a PR stunt. Now, the other thing you mentioned was... Um Manals. I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> These panels of men. I've got this bee in my bonnet um, and I've had it there buzzing away from me. I mean, for like 10 years. I, in my career, have been asked often to join women's forums and women's groups and women's lunches and women's everything else, training schemes. And I just have this discomfort that the solution to creating inclusion and integration is further segregation. Now, don't get me wrong. I entirely support and agree and enjoy um, female support and, and working with women like you and coming together and collaborating. I think the pandemic has opened up this sort of collaboration economy well and truly, which I'm entirely supportive of. But tell me, what do you think? Is there a risk that creating more and more women only or any group only, whether that's race, gender, status, does that not just fuel the exclusion economy that we're seeing all over the place and create more small pockets? You know, it was quite clear, you know, the women's group was to counteract the informal networks that men have, right? Where business is done on the golf uh, course or drinks parties or whatever. Um, you know, women's groups were to kind of counteract that. But, you know, I'm holding a, a wild event next month and it is for everybody and it's about being inclusive. I, I agree. I think I'm not saying there's not a place for women to get together as women or men to get to, together as men. Of course there always will be and that there's definitely a place for that but it's just a question I find fascinating because there is a risk and and it's not just in gender you see it 
in racial groups, religious groups, all kinds of groups, that as the world becomes more turbulent, we return to like for like, which means we actually create less inclusive environments because we sort of curl back to perhaps, as I said, those like for like groups. And that that's just going to be an interesting pattern to, to follow out. And I also think what you said about, you know, needing to have men in the room. I always remember speaking to a very senior gentleman in London about a year ago, a year and a half ago, who said he had been invited to a, a women's group in my industry, so in the advertising industry, and was made to feel so awful and so excluded and so responsible for every woe that every man had ever placed on a woman in the workplace. I know that he was never going to go again. So yes, I I just think that's a really interesting discussion. Um, Before we close, I want to just talk a little bit about transformation, because of course, we are talking about that. And that's what Wild's journey is about. You know, how do you transform to your sort of most wildly successful you? You do coaching work, and, and you obviously talk to lots of women. What do you think the biggest barriers are to women really transforming their lives? We're coming out of COVID. We've got hopefully some really positive months ahead. What do you think are some of the barriers and, and how have you seen women overcoming them? The biggest barrier to women is themselves. So true. <laughs> and what I am seeing repeatedly is so much fear. I saw your post earlier, I made a comment. So much fear. Women are so held back by themselves. That's the problem. And, you know, um, even the language that's used, I'm scared, I'm worried. You know, imposter syndrome, I talk about all the time. It's something that I specialize in with women. I totally get it. Um, You know, even women at the top of their game, MD, C-level have imposter syndrome. I had it when I was creating Wild. Who am I to do this who am I to deliver this message and now with the coaching who am I well actually I'm someone that's built women's networks and spent a lot of time around women and had my own transformation so that is biggest challenge you know and I've really been working with women to overcome the fears and challenges looking at your mindset looking at owning your voice and another big thing Mimi is you know public speaking pitching presenting it doesn't have to be to a a big audience but the ability to stand and, and be authentic and present with impact but the biggest um you know thing that holds us back I believe is ourselves and I think when you do put yourself out there like like we do you've got the fear of what people think and the judgment and all of that but you know I have so much admiration for yet fellow light workers or people that are here to to serve because what I've realized is the message is bigger than me you know it's not about me it's about how I can help someone else go through those challenges and transform so I say to a lot of women get out your own way you know, get out of your own head. And, and yeah, that's the, the biggest challenge can be you. <laughs> right. Well, then no pressure to all of us listening to get out of our own way and create space. And you're right. You, you just referenced a, a post I put up a couple of hours ago, which said, let the fear be your fire. And uh, that talks perfectly to what you were just saying there. And I just told the very short story of being in a meeting and, and turning that on its head. And I said to one of my teams, it actually wasn't a woman, it was a man. But I said to him, you know, let that fear be your fire. I never thought about it before saying it and it became a bit of a motto for us because I think you're right that does definitely get in our way now before we finish because we are at the end of our show for today Emma Burdett I have a very important question for you if you could share breakfast with one person who would it be 
where would you go and what would you have? Um, I love Oprah and I just think she's absolutely amazing. You know, she's the most successful woman. She's been on a mission. She's got a rags to riches story. I'd like to go, you know, with Oprah to a fancy hotel have a bit of eggs benedict maybe a glass of champagne and you know just just share time with her because she's just so inspiring and you know i have so much admiration for her so yeah that would be the person that i would really like to have breakfast with i love that answer i would definitely join you if there was place at the table champagne eggs benedict and oprah the perfect way to end empathy for breakfast emma badette from wild women in leadership deliver thank you very much for joining me today it has been a fantastic conversation thank you so much and uh, i'll speak to you soon thank you mimi (laughs) bye-bye bye and with that another episode of the empathy for breakfast show comes to a close i would like to thank iq films who produced this episode and dj ciel for my soundtrack and music do join me online to carry on the conversation i'm incredibly active on instagram and linkedin and twitter at Mimi Nicklin. I would love to talk to you all more. Meanwhile, spread the word, share the empathy, because after all, the more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. I'm Mimi Nicklin. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you again on the Empathy for Breakfast show.